What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much for yes, joining sir. us. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. What's up? It's Jermaine. And it's Rod. This is the Friends Podcast. Make sure you check us out. We're streaming everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Also, make sure you check out our socials, YouTube, Shorts, Instagram, TikTok, at the Friends Pod. We got a lot mm-hmm. on the way. We got merch. Um, and a couple of different things that we're working on that you get to hear, but keep the notifications on. Most definitely. So me, Rod, and Jermaine, typically we like to just kind of talk about different type of topics that we want to talk about for the week. But today we got a very special guest in the building, man. So go yeah. ahead and introduce yourself. How you guys doing? Appreciate you guys for having me. I'm honored. Been a big fan of your guys' podcast for a little while. Uh, my name is Issa Mighty. I'm an artist from Dearborn, Michigan. I'm an artist, uh, rapper, entrepreneur. I don't like to say activist, but I'd say activist as well. I do a little bit of everything, and uh, it's good to be here. Nah, man, we appreciate you for, you know, coming through so we can talk about all those things, man. So uh, let's kind of get into it, um, how we usually do. How's everybody's week been so far, man? Let's start with Rod this week. What's been going on this last seven days for you? Uh, This week has been pretty busy for me, you know. Uh, Work, getting content together as always. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to keep moving and pushing day by day. Um, every every day is a new lesson I learned for sure. No, that's what's that's been true. good out with you, man. For me, I'm just excited because I actually I haven't had a new mattress since like 2007 or something like that. So I'm excited what? to actually. I know. It's, Gotta it's invest in your sleep, man. No, that's that's so true. Because if you can't sleep, sleep well, hygiene, yeah. yeah. If you can't mm-hmm. sleep well, then you can't really function too well throughout the day. So, um, got a new match. Well, I got a new frame. So that's I'm, disgusting. I'm though. you know how many stains is on a two thousand. 2007? It's 07. It, it like, crazy. like, I'm I'm confused. Like, how have you had a mattress since 2007? That's high school, college, adulthood. That mattress has yeah. moved with you and, all over. And my <laughs> feet be hanging out the end, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was time. It was time. Definitely time. So, you know, I'm upgrading, you know, upgrading in life. So that's a cool thing. Jermaine, what's been going on with you this week? Um, I've been kind of... Back to what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, like back on my uh, health is wealth journey, mm. um, which is just, you know, it feels good to be like back in the gym, lifting like heavy weights and stuff like that. Um, it also feels a little bit demoralizing sometimes because I'm like, man, I feel like I lost some muscle tone. I'm trying to get my endurance back up with my runs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know. Health as well. How fast you run? Um, so I mean, it depends on if I'm sprinting or if I'm like, uh, you know, doing more of like an endurance mile. If mm. I'm doing sprints, I'll usually do, um, I'll like on the treadmill, like a seven four. Try to do like an eight or so minute mile. Um, and then if I'm actually like doing like a distance run, then it's more like ten minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's still pretty good, though. No, for sure. So, Issa Mighty, what's been going on with you this last seven days, man? Man, it's it's been a blessing. Uh, last, actually, last Friday, Ramadan ended, and I'm not sure if you guys know how Ramadan works. Where Muslim, you know, I'm Muslim, so we fast from sun uh, sunrise to sundown. And so, during Ramadan for the last month, I was very, very, you know, focused, very disciplined. Everything was mm-hmm. on point. And then it ended, and I went back 
like my life went back into full effect but just that transition like during Ramadan I was working out every single night and then now like I'm trying to re-putting that into my schedule and just it's been uh it's been a week full of adjustments but it's been productive you know alhamdulillah at the end of the day thank god do you feel like Ramadan helped you to be extra creative because you eliminate some of the other like distractions like how's that playing into your musical process Uh, during Ramadan, I actually don't work too much on uh, music just because mm. I'm fasting throughout the day. Uh, I don't really, I'm more study, it's uh, more spiritual, I'd say. I kind of reflect. I use Ramadan every year. It's kind of like a recharge, you know, especially being yeah. an artist and being on social media so much. Mm-hmm. So it's like a real detox. So I spent the month really just internalizing, learning, reflecting, studying and doing a lot of prayer. And then uh, I come out of the month trying to be a little bit better but now that Ramadan's over I have had a little bit more creativity and I've been getting back to the music and I'm I come out trying to have at least a better perspective on life in some way shape or form you know Yeah that's so So you don't write at all during Ramadan like it's just straight... I do I do mm-hmm. like sometimes like some um uh, I've done a couple a cappellas I just don't have the energy as much for it you know and yeah. then but I did I I did write uh a song uh that's probably going to be coming out on my next project whenever I decide to drop that but uh basically it was cuz during Ramadan people that smoke or drink or whatever you do like you stay away from all that too and I I wrote a song called Sober lately just basically describing the feeling of being sober and being uh away from all those type uh toxic things so I could write but I just don't have the creativity like that battery life cuz I I'm a different kind of artist I don't record at night I prefer to record during the day like my favorite mm. hours cuz I have the studio in my bedroom so I'll wake up make me some breakfast get in my room get my little process going and I'll start recording you know a couple hours after I wake up so by the time I break my fast and I'm ready to get creative at night I go to you know I got to go pray that I go to the gym and then I just end up sleeping you know yeah. but I I wrote a couple about one or two songs but it's it's not the same cuz I like doing it when I get in that creative zone I'm working for days on end you know and then I take a break for a couple weeks Well let's rewind it a little bit and get to uh the beginning of ESA Mighty like how did you guys started rapping mm-hmm. um what do you want the people to know about you and like your humble beginnings yeah uh and i just want to let you know uh, Isa ESA is actually Isa which is arabic for jesus so my name is literally jesus and then my last name is actually muhammad so you know uh gotcha. just a little bit yeah, so my name Isa Muhammad or Isa Mighty i got that name in high school and i started working out uh I actually had my Instagram was Isa Knight and cuz I'm just a big I'm a nerd I like Batman anime all that different type of stuff you know and I remember I had Sorry. my thing was Isa Knight yeah uh and one of my boys you know we just in class and we're just messing around he's like yeah Isa Knight Isa Knighty Isa Mighty and then he's like hey that kind of sounds fire and I'm like you know you're not lying and I just changed my Instagram that and then everyone knew me just as Isa Mighty you know but uh how I decided to start rapping It just music's always been something that uh has been very close to me and kept me, you know, just been And this like, was like, like what rock. age? Uh I'd say I discovered Eminem uh, I feel like in like what like second grade, third grade. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> <A kid. Okay. laughs> yeah, I was too young to be listening to Eminem, bro. And then uh it was Eminem and Tupac were my first two favorite rappers. So I'm sitting there like seventh and eighth grade. I'm listening to Tupac Hellraiser as I'm in the community center doing math homework, you know. <laughs> But I just uh, I fell in love with um, I just fell in love with that that flow and that writing. And lo- I'm from Yemen, and you know my great grandfather 
was actually a poet back in the, you know, back in Yemen. So it's kind of in my family, like we're very artistic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just started falling in love with the lyrics and then memorizing it and saying it back. And then I just got to a point, I used to be playing Call of Duty in my head. I'm rapping MLM, Eminem's lyrics, but I'm seeing myself on stage in front of a crowd, you know? And I got to a point where I'm like, maybe if, if I could copy his flow and his words, what if I just replace them and put my words? You know, what if I just do my own thing? And then from there, I just kept. Did you do that, like a uh, rap on Eminem beats? Like when yeah, you first got started. I used to do more Eminem type beats. Uh, I started doing remixes and stuff when I first started putting out music, and I realized that's where I really got to play with my flows because I feel like freestyle, freestyle uh, rap is almost my favorite because like you could jump on so many different flows and it keeps you, you know, there's punchlines and all that. Uh, but yeah, I, I used to, I, I was like earlier in my career when I first started, I started in like 2017 when I started putting out music for real. Uh, and I was still learning. I used to write, but I didn't really know how to flow and rap on beat. I wasn't like a freestyle kind of rapper. I was always more just a, write, a writer. So I had to develop my own flow. So in the beginning, I was just copying Eminem's flow. And then eventually I started copying J. Cole's flow. J. Cole's my favorite artist when I got to like high school. I was really into the J. Cole's, the Kendrick's, the Logic's. Uh, and then as I got a little older, I graduated, got more into payroll and icewear, and then got really into the Detroit scene just as I started, you know, doing music and going to open mics and getting closer with a lot of Detroit artists. Yeah, I mean, I heard about your uh, early years. Mm -hmm. You said you were like working with poetry and things like that. And we saw in your pro uh, profile, you did slam poetry. Was that before yeah. the rap? Uh, no, actually, the slam poetry that I did, I was, uh, I've been volunteering at the Muslim Center in Detroit, and they just had a competition that they posted slam poetry, winner gets $1,000. And in my head, I'm like, I have a couple of songs that I know is really po poetic, you know, I'm just going to go hit them with an acapella and I'm going to take that, you know? And it's in your blood. You said your grandfather was a poet, right? Yeah, yeah. My great grandfather. But yeah, so I was like, why not? You know, I've always wanted to do, you know, poetry at the end of the day, rap is just rhythmic poetry. It's just poetry mm -hmm. on music, you know? So I, I went, you know, I did pretty good. I got, I ended up getting like fourth place. I was in there with some real slam poets, you know? Like they knew they've been doing this for a minute. They they did not come. It really humbled me and reminded me how much I got to work on my pen. Cause, you know, when rap, like when I first got into it, it was more about like who's the best rapper, you know. And as you get more into the industry, it's more like you want to make good music. You know, it's it's not always about the bars and all that. So I my music overall has gotten better, but I almost felt like it reminded me like I could also work on my pen game more. I could sharpen it a lot more and. You know, make sure I don't lose my favorite part in the foundation of the craft and the art. Yeah, like those instances like that can definitely make you better. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think you learned from that experience? Did you start writing more, or like what, what yeah. made that? What changed, like, from you getting fourth in that competition to like, what did you even take away from that? Uh, honestly, I well, first off, I met some really cool people, and uh, one guy he actually flew out from Atlanta to compete in it. So I networked a little bit, and the way I see it, when I'm over there, I actually voice recorded one of them that was kind of singing. Like I just every time I'm in places like that, I'm just thinking, man, this would be dope on an album. Or if I had an interlude, I'd ask them if they like. I can't even. I don't see. You know, I I know what, where my strong suits are, and I never try to be. You know, something that I'm not. When I know someone, if I know someone could do it better, I'll just invite them over and let them do do their thing, you know. 
So uh, I wanted to, you know, I seen the networking side of it, but also reminded me how much I loved, uh, you know, the rapping part and making sure I could hit all my flows. And I low-key stumbled in the second round and I choked up. I, like I forgot one of my lyrics because I was just doing an older song. So also remind me, hey, make sure you remember all your lyrics too. You can't be stumbling. You're a professional now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So but overall, it was, a, it was a great experience. I loved it. Now kind of talk about like just the beginning. So, you know, how was it kind of talk about the process of you getting better, you know, with your pen, you know, you kind of maybe emulated the Eminem and stuff like that back then. But like, what was that process of like, was it just writing stuff down all the time? Was it listening to Eminem, other people? But like, what was that process of getting better at writing? So uh, by the, I, it was earlier that I really listened to Eminem, but when I started really rapping and writing, I was in a deep like I was deep in my J. Cole bag, you know, I really related to him, especially because I was, you know, I was going to college, like during my senior year of high school, I was, I had five college classes and one high school class. So I, I didn't even really go to high school no more for real. So I felt like I was this college kid um, that doesn't want to go to college or doesn't want to go into the field that he's going into, but I'm just doing it because, you know, that's the path they told me to take that just wants to become this rapper that feels like I have this dream that I could attain if I just shoot for it so before I was listening to a lot of J. Cole and the storytelling I really started I really was in a storytelling bag you know and earlier before I even started putting out any music I was writing every day like just paragraphs of just rhymes rhymes right there's mm -hmm. this app called rhyme book where if you don't have a rhyme it'll give you options on rhymes that you could fill in you know ah and so eventually uh i really just built in i just built from there and uh i started putting out music and it was it was solid i had a fat i had a following and a fan base but i always had this i don't know if it's just the artist's insecurity or creativity or but after every song that i put out i wouldn't want to listen to it anymore because i'm like no i could be way better than that you know that's not that's not it or that's not that's not how i want it to sound but there was also a little bit of a insecurity where I feel like everybody wants to be mainstream so when you're not kind of getting that mainstream attention or you're kind of becoming like a niche artist you um you don't appreciate your art because you're work worried about the criticism of the people who don't listen mm -hmm. over nourishing the fans and the people that actually love your music so that was a big mistake I made early in my career uh, so as the music was getting better and I was finding myself I was kind of not appreciating my fans and losing a lot of the following because when I first started putting out music in Dearborn, there's not really a big, you know, music scene for real. Mm -hmm. So when I started putting out music, it was like every week I was dropping a song, uh, me and one of my cousins, and the whole city would tune in. We're getting 6,000 views on the first night, you know, and that's not nothing crazy in today, but over the week, you know, now people pay for 6,000 views or whatever, or streams. Absolutely. You know, these for are, real. it wasn't like Instagram views. Instagram was thousands, but on the SoundCloud, it was thousands as well you know so it was real streams so I was it was it was really dope you know and then I kind of just lost myself and you know after I graduated high school I got to this point where I was writing songs just on my life and they're getting like they're a bit like on the darker side because as you're going through it you know for me my music kind of reflects my life in a sense you know so whatever you're listening to is what I was either going through at that time or went through it cuz sometimes I wait till after I go through something to write about it so I could process it correctly so I got to a phase where I just had a lot of dark music and you know my music came out before it was very motivating but it became very self-reflecting I was also listening to a lot of enough at the time so that could have been Okay <laughs> wait what was the reception to that though so you were saying like people weren't really rocking with the darker side like they weren't really tapping yeah. into that 
Yeah, it was a lot. Um, Can you go I, into like what the name of this project was? This last project that I put out, I feel no, like it's you, called, that you said was uh, dark. Like darker. That. It wasn't really a project. It was more just a lot of uh, just singles and things like that. They were just on the deeper, uh, darker end of it. Uh, and when you say that, dark, what does that mean to you? Talking a lot about like mental health and it was a lot of depression. Just talking about those type of struggles. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like I was really going through a lot, you know, at the end of my adolescence, trying to make a career while trying to juggle uh, college while, you know, making sure my parents are happy at the same time because I'm Middle Eastern. I don't know, like being an artist, being a rapper is that that's like, what are you thinking? Type The pressure. Know? Yeah. So it was like there was a lot going on and I was taking it and, you know, you know, I'm blessed. I have good. My parents always told me, you know. As long as you're in school, you know, you're good, you know, go to school, make your music. And they know like my music, because there was a lot of people who from my community tried to make music, but they wouldn't be making music for the art of the music. They, they're trying to fit into the scene that just, you know, you're trying to be something you're not or you're just bringing toxic, toxic energy to like, I just I try to put out pure energy into my music, you know, so um after a while they let me do my they let me do my thing and i eventually dropped out of college after i had like 50 something credits but by then they didn't even realize all the stuff that i had going on and talking about that depression mm -hmm. i saw that your projects you have like this series going or maybe oh, yeah. you're planning on extending it s z n l books that you got mm -hmm. and the first one yep mm, okay and the first one was depression Mm -hmm. Is that kind of like the start that you're talking about or was that after? That was after I went through everything, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I had a few singles because originally I put out like an album, like when I was like 19. And that actually this is if any artists are listening, if whenever you put out an album, I'm looking at like I look back at what the response was from it. It was a lot of love, but I didn't appreciate it so that I didn't, mm. you know, capitalize on the momentum I had. But anyway, after, you know, it's a couple of years later, this is in 2020. And I just went through some of the hardest yeah. times in my life. And I finally decided to take control of my life. And I wrote that project. And I was talking to one of my boys. He's like, bro, you should put out a project for, you know, the winter. People be going through shit in the winter, you know? And I'm like, you're right. You know, I get mean as seasonal depression when it's cold, you know? And Same. Like, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it's just hard to wake up and actually start my day sometimes type shit, you know? Yeah. So I made that album, I put it out, and it got a fairly well response. You know, people liked, I, I did something completely new. I actually shot a documentary for it. It was like a 25-minute documentary where I oh, went cool. through every song. And, yeah, people people really liked the response on it. That was in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and how are and, you coming out with these concepts? Did you uh, know this was going to be a part of uh, more books from the beginning? I, like, how did, you, how did that start? Because you named this book one. So yeah, to me, was, that means like you, you must have had this planned out. Yeah, so I, I I didn't have it planned out to where it was going to be consistently. Like it was just going to be seasonal depression. That's it. And then after I did it a year later and I record so much music and then like I look at it after I have about like I have like 20 songs together or like 10, 15 songs. And I'll be like, hmm, these would be good on an album. This would be good on an album because I'm I'm recording in a bunch of different state of minds. I'll make three different type of style songs in one day, you know, Uh so I I recorded it and a year later it was coming up and I was like damn I have all these songs and 
I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is a reflection of my last year because I usually put out a project the year after I record everything for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, this last year was, it wasn't a depression, a depressing year. It was a year full of healing. You know, I, I was healing spiritually. I got closer to God. I was healing physically. I quit a toxic environment that I was working at. You know, mm-hmm. I really took control of my life and I felt like you know, seasonal book two, instead of seasonal depression, I was like, I was talking to my friend, I'm like, this year I'm beating the fuck out of the winter, excuse my language, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to take an L this winter, I'm going to heal through it, and that's how I came up with that, and then I was like, if it's good twice, it needs to be a trilogy, so then this last year, I just came up with embodiment, because it was like, I was depressed, I healed through it, now I'm at book three, I'm embodying who I am, who I know I am to be, and I'm ready to take on, take it to the next level. And what's interesting is the years that each project came out and the theme, I feel like resonated with what was going on in like the world. Like depression, that was 2020. A lot of people were depressed, like at home, Mm -hmm. 2021. I feel like that was when the world was kind of starting to, you know, open up slowly, but surely kind of coming into your little cocoon stage. And I definitely feel like by last year, people have really, you know, kind of gone back to how they... They want to be seen. So I think mm-hmm. that really, like, it's interesting how that project, even though you recorded each one a year ahead, how it really ties into what was actually happening, like, globally when it came yeah. out. I agree. And I was I was noticing, like, in the beginning of 2023, everyone's like, this is my year. This is my year. This is 2023. Mm-hmm. It's time to, you know, that was, I feel like, the energy coming into 2023. And uh, that was the energy of this project, you know, just straight, like, I'm healed. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm 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 stronger than I've ever been, you know. And I'm ready to go. Take it to as far as I could go. And the music is just amazing too. We put a lot of time into the pro, uh, production of it. Shout out Anton. Shout out Bishop. Shout out Hugo. Those are uh, the three uh, producers that I really worked with on this project. And just those overall, your homies, like from growing up, or did you find them? Like where they? How did you get in I'm, contact with them? I met Anton in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, at Get Fresh Studio. Get Fresh Studio was the first studio we used to record at. And I remember I was still new over there. And shout out Mike. He's the owner and he's uh, the engineer over there. One of the best engineers I've ever seen in my life, just in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he started, he brought in uh, Anton as uh, Anton started working over there. And I remember I was actually, Anton was coming in to just kind of, you know, uh, just just chill with Mike's, you know, talk it up or whatever, and was there in my session, and he let Anton kind of run it, and me and Anton just automatically clicked, and we're shooting a video that day in the studio, we recorded a video, Anton was in it, and I was actually Anton's first client at Get Fresh, he's been engineer for a minute, Mm. and then he, you know, I started working with him from engineering just because we clicked, but he also produces, so all my music, the whole album was also engineered by Anton, but he also produced a lot of it too, and he does a little more production after the fact whenever any song comes over, so Anton's my main guy, and then I met Bishop through Anton and uh, through another artist named Daze, who I actually, I met through Orlando, is how I met, who I also met you guys through, was through Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, well, so I just connected to all of them. So you mentioned, you know, going to Get Fresh Studios and stuff like that, you know, getting engineered, getting videos done and stuff like that. And then you also mentioned, so you have like a home studio now. Um, is that something mm-hmm. that you, do you mix, master, record, all that stuff like yourself now? Uh, no, now I just, I learned enough to just record. But uh, like I said, if someone, I, if I know someone is so much further ahead of me and something that I'm not ready to put the time in to learn i just send it to them so i still work with anton anton lives in cali now so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll record it here he taught me uh, 
go in to get fresh taught me how to use pro tools because i just watched them and you know just figured out all the simple stuff on how to record mm -hmm. he made a template for me i record myself at home and just send all my uh work to him and he mixes it and sends it right back i, I want to talk about like some different influences because like when i listen uh to you speak and stuff about music and your process i'm kind of getting the vibe of uh like a russ mm -hmm. someone who's trying to focus in on only his audience and not trying to be so mainstream towards the sound and trying to focus in on his mission. And he's always preaching about independent. And is that the same thing that you would say that you're about? Yeah. Uh, Russell was actually a big influence of mine too, uh, just in how to go about, uh, go about moving in the music industry, you know? Because it's either you're gonna be smart, dude. Not yeah, not everyone. Not everyone's cut off with the style. I'm not gonna lie. Excuse me. But with Russ's situation, it's like you either you have all the information out here. We have all the tools that we need. You don't really need a record label because either I could wait for a record label to come help me, or I could do it myself. And that's always something. Since I was a kid, I've always wanted to own everything myself. I want to have always control, like. Music is my lifeline. So if I go, my my biggest fear, I go to a record label, I get some garbage deal. They try to shelf me or they try to control what I could write about or what I could say. Or for me, it's more than music. This is a message for me. This is, you know, influence. This is something where I could change someone's life or I could influence them to have a, you know, to do worse for themselves, you know. So I know I see the full, you know, the full scope of it and I want full control over that. So I actually have my own record label, Mighty Records, you know, and eventually I want to sign other people, you know, once it's fully booming going, like I want to take it to as big as Dreamville, you know, I want to bring a Dreamville type, you know, how they got Dreamfest. I want to be able to do something Mighty Fest, you know, for example, or something like that, just out in Dearborn and, you know, really bring yeah, the scene to my city, you know? Mm -hmm. So Super that would dope. be dope. No, dope, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, and, and I kind of do want to talk about like the subject matter of your music. But before that, you know, when you were introducing yourself, you know, you kind of mentioned that you, you would call yourself an activist, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I just kind of wanted to see, like, what's the things that you are passionate about? And is this the things that you typically try to write about or is it something that you kind of do separately from your music? Uh, I try to. That was always like. The subject matter of my music, my the beginning of it was just like first like the social structure of the world type thing, you know, society and you know mm -hmm. the elites and all that type of stuff. But as I got older, and and a big thing that you'll hear me mention a lot is Palestine. I actually have a Palestine flag right here, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys know the situation with them. But since I was a baby, mm -hmm. like we've been protesting free Palestine, so that's something that you know. During my life, I pray that I could see, you know, see them free, my people in Yemen. I'm from Yemen, but they're having one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world. You know, 90% mm. of the population doesn't have access to, you know, just the basic necessities to live, you know. So there's, I'm very conscious just because of where I grew up and how I've always been. And I just always had a call in to try to help people. And then, you know, I I try to put it into my into my songs, but I always want to avoid being too preachy at the same time because, you know, I'm not perfect and no one wants to be told what to do. But at the same time, I'm going to say what needs to be said, because me personally, I like music with substance. I like to I like a good bop every now and then. But it's music is like food. If you're eating junk food all day, you're going to feel like crap. So I want I want something that's going to make me, you know, think about what's going on around me. How could I help? How could I do this? So. 
but I, I don't like saying I'm an activist because I feel like today there's a lot of um, performative activism. Man. You know, where people say it, but they're not doing nothing for real. You say know? that. Man, and it breaks my heart because I, I remember a few years ago when we were protesting for Palestine. You know, I so like Joe Biden came to Dearborn and or not, Dear, I don't know if he came to Dearborn. You know, one of the reasons Dearborn like really voted for him was because of his stance on like Palestine, where he say he was going to help there and the uh, war in Yemen or whatever. Mm-hmm. things that he said he was going to do but and then he came to dearborn that day like we had a ten thousand people march for palestine because they did some um there was a attack israel with uh palestine and america supported it so we we're just voicing our opinion yeah. and he kind and he really ignored us you know and i was we protested ten thousand people i was out there screaming i could have talked for literally a week after that from how much and mm-hmm. then i gave a whole speech up there because i was you saw my whole for, thing for biden for yeah, it was when Biden yeah Biden was there. We we're trying to do a protest so that mm-hmm. he knew we were we're unhappy with what's going on. We wanted him to say something about yeah. what's going on in Palestine because you know they stormed in well 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 people were praying in the mosques in Palestine. Uh, Israeli soldiers basically stormed the mosque yeah. and started throwing tear gas and beating them. You know mm-hmm. these are worshippers. Okay. Imagine imagine you wanted Biden to say something. Yeah, just basically acknowledge what's going on. You know, this is something that your ally, you know, that's supposed to be our allies and something that you mm-hmm. know is a big a big thing. So we wanted him to say something or at least have a response. And he came to the city because the Ford factory is here. So he was yeah. already in the city. So we want, you know, we're like, hmm, this is a perfect time to rally. He'll hear us, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, you know, do what we can here living in America. You know, we have all these peaceful ways to get our point across and ways that we could try to make a change. So it's only right that we do. Yeah. But I had, you know, I got on, you know, I gave a speech and I was just basically saying that at the end of the day, these people aren't going to help us. You know, we could keep begging them. To, uh, we could keep begging them and post all our posts and do all this, but nothing's going to ever be able to change, whether it's, you know, systematic oppression in America or, you know, the oppression overseas. Nothing's going to change until we have the resources, we have the information, we have the status, we have the to actually make a change, you know. It's important to have strong infrastructure and everyone being on the same, you know, kind of, you know, movement, you know, for any type of change to happen. That's true. You know, and that was my point. And after we left, it's like everyone comes, they scream, they protest, they post, and then the next post, they're back to just whatever. You know, it's it's three seconds. It's not real change. They've been ass shaking, smoking weed. Yeah, you know, I I, I hate that. It's like, you know, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. You know, it's it's hard. It's a very hard thing. So I'm not mad at people, but I don't like to categorize or I don't like to even use terms to put me in that because mm-hmm. what I'm trying, I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. at long-term change in every yeah. single day. What, is, what I'm kind of um, wondering though is like, what made you walk up there and give a speech? It was it wasn't more like I walked up there. It was uh, when we so they didn't actually let us get to we we marched all the way down to by the floor, but it was blocked off. Obviously, they're not going to let us. It wasn't like we had any ill attention, you know. Yeah. We were just you know protesting American right, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we came back around. People were just kind of uh, you know we we're railing. It was the end of the march, and you know with me it's like if I got something to say and I'm in the moment. Like, I'm just going to say what's on my heart. And that's something that I've been passionate about before I even started rapping. Or when I first made an Instagram, I just had, you know, post after post about what's going on in the world and how all this happened, whatever. But we got on, there was like five or six of us that are known around the community. We're standing on, we had, you know, a megaphone and 
there's a couple of people talking, you know, they just gave us the megaphone said, you know, talk. So my, my friend had it and then they just handed it to me and I started, you know, I just started going in and I actually ended up, it was, um, that was the idea for my album in between, uh, my seasonal one and seasonal two, I put out an album called Empowerment Theory. And mm. that was, uh, I had the intro was Jay-Z basically talking about, I don't know if you guys ever seen it. It was him saying, you know, enough is enough. Uh, I'm fucking sick of this. All that shit. We could do all that helping around. You want to help the poor? You want to help this? After we get some money. We can't do nothing if we don't have no money. We don't have no infrastructure. We can't police ourselves. We can't do. So it just, that was my whole thing is we have to empower ourselves and we got to stop asking our oppressors to mm -hmm. basically stop oppressing us that's what we keep doing Snaps. i'm done asking my oppressor to stop oppressing me i'm just gonna do what i can and you know take the chains off and put myself in a position where you can no longer oppress me i'm not trying to oppress you or hurt you i just want my freedom i'm not trying yeah. to take away your freedom i'm not trying to take away your rights i'm not trying to hurt you the way you're hurting me even i just want to stop hurting i just want to have my protection and I got to say, I think you should allow yourself to feel very comfortable in the activist title. I think you hmm. well deserved it. Because I think one of the Thank things you. that makes somebody a true activist versus a uh, performative activist is like, hey, I maintain this. Like, I am on this. This is something I'm passionate about mm -hmm. every single day, not just because it's a hot topic in the news this week. Um, and so the fact that you use you know, your social, your music to actually keep pushing the message further and being foot on the ground, I'm speaking at events, like, yeah, you're an activist, so own that. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll make sure to say it with pride now. Yeah. I kind of, like, I hear what you're saying about all the activism, but why do you care? Like, I feel like a lot of people just go day to day and they weren't about their own self and grinding and getting themselves up to where they want to be. Why do you care so much about other people? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I've been through, I have a lot of reasons on why I should care is, but for specific, just helping people in general, I've been through a lot and I want to do the most that I can to make sure people don't have to go through as much. You know, if I could help someone and I'm Muslim, you know, and I don't, I, I say that pridefully because, you know, we have people here Muslim and they think of what happens in on CNN and Fox News and all the crazy right. terrorism that they talk about around the world. That's not even true. That's, that has nothing to do with it, you know? Mm -hmm. What's it and really like? Islam is Islam is submission to God, you know, doing good by others and loving, you know. And Islam is, people don't understand the closeness of Islam and Christianity, you know what I mean? It's just different core foundations on how we look at God and mm -hmm. certain, just certain things that are different. But my name is Isa. That's my name is literally Jesus, you know? So it's <laughs> like, and my last name is Muhammad, you know, Muhammad. So it's like, mm -hmm. I got the two, two major names that, you know, I, I have just to honor them and honor who I was named after. I have to move with goodness, you know, and, and my religion, as I got closer to God, I realized, you know, the closer you want to get to God's, the more you help people and helping people makes you feel good. And like I said, I've, I've been on the, the short end of the stick where someone's taking advantage of situations or people are in situations that they can't do nothing about. And, you know, at the end of the day, I believe in an afterlife. So God's going to ask me about everything that I did. And I could say that I did my best. I helped as many people as I can. And the more I help people, the more God helps me. So it's almost selfishly how, you know, I selfishly help people, you could almost say, because I know that God's going to take care of me in the end if I take care of everyone else. Absolutely. Now, have you ever been to Mecca before? Or do you have plans on going out there to, to see uh, that? That's a dream. That's a dream for, I think, every Muslim. Uh, it's one of... Uh, 
the five pillars where you know if of being a Muslim is if you can in your lifetime you make the pilgrimage to go uh, to Mecca mm-hmm. or for Hajj or you could just go for a visit a visitation. Uh, my sister just went recently. Her and my nice. uh, you know her her husband and her kids and they said it was a insane experience. I don't know if you guys seen DJ Khaled and Mike Tyson went. Mm-hmm. DJ Khaled was crying. You know Mike Tyson was walking him around showing him everything. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. I love. I, I love anything to do with God, you know, all religions. I always tell people, you know, uh, a lot of times, even on my social media, you know, people, one thing people don't know about Muslims, we say Allah, you know, for God. And Allah is literally just the Arabic translation for the word God. So like an Arabic Christian would say Allah as well. So, you know, I had, I had, um, you know, a Christian friend, he was telling, he's like, yeah, I just can't pray to Allah. I'm like, sir, we pray to the same God. You just yeah. don't know it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like anything to do with God. I tell people whether you want to be Muslim, Christian, Judaism, uh, spirituality, whatever you want to be, just believe into a higher power because as humans, you know, I don't know, I can't be atheist. You know, I got to believe into something higher than myself. There's, you look outside, you see the way the world works, and then you look at how the a human is built and you see the connections between them. It's like, you got to believe in God somehow, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure it gives your music different, deeper purpose. It's not just like, okay, I'm making this just to like play at a party, but I'm making mm-hmm. this for a bigger purpose to help people, to show honor to God. Um how does that play into your creative process? Like, are there ever things that you're working on and you're like, uh, actually, like, I know this would be fire, but this is not really aligned with, like, my message and, like, who I want to be in the world? Man, I have whole songs like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm human, too. I'm not, you know, I, you know one thing I never, like... Uh, you know, I, I I talk a lot about God and I talk a lot about this, but, you know, I'm human too. I sin too. I have a lot of vices and a lot of things that I'd be worried about, you know, and like um, there's, I put out a whole music video of me smoking once and I had to take it down right away, you know, after my mom seeing it, she's like, you know, what is this? And I was like, you know, I didn't want to put it up. I just wanted to see the reaction of how, how it was going to get, you know, the reciprocation, how people would perceive it, you know, because I just don't want to put out this overly perfect type of image because that's not what I'm what I am. You know, I still I still have, uh, you know, a character beyond that, you know, so I just I try to be well rounded, but I also don't want to promote anything because I've had I know someone who used to tell me he's like, man, uh I can't. I wish I could go to a future concert. You know, if I go, I'm gonna pour him. A, I'm gonna pour him a cup of lean and give it to him and tell him this is for you. He's telling me that's his dream, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm. That's cool. You know, I feel you. Like, you know, I. It's like wanting to smoke with Snoop Dogg. You know, yeah. Or, you know, someone like that. But in my head, I'm just thinking like, damn, I see what the lean is doing to you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know how much this guy influences you and how much, you know, you're popping pills, you're doing this, that and the other. And that's not something that I want to promote. You know, even if even if I did do something, I don't want to try to promote it too much. You know, Mm -hmm. I might mention it in a light where it's saying, you know, it's not something I'm proud of. But, you know. Yeah. So what's the message that you are trying to promote? Honestly, just get just be productive, get better with your life, heal your soul, heal your inner child, you know, enjoy life, do good by others, love God, you know, uh, and just be a dog, you know, because I have a lot of music that's like, you know, very motivational, just very hard hit and very like gets you in that zone, like a lot of workout music, you know, I'm in the gym a lot. So, you know, before I want to be a rapper, I also want to be a bodybuilder, you know, that was my first dream before that, you know, bodybuilder. <laughs> you know, so it's like, uh, okay. I have a lot of gym music that could just put you in there. So nice. it's just like, just productive music. And then like, even, you know, 
stuff that you can sit back and relax to, just, you know, vibey, chilly music, you know, or introspective music. And there's a lot of different things. I want to really, I love music overall. Like, I listen to rock. I listen to, you know, everything but country. I like country, but I just can't get too deep into it. It's like, I don't got no horses, so I can't relate, you know. <laughs> right. I got a car. Uh, so, yeah. when, it, when it comes to, like, working with other artists and stuff like that, since... You rapping about positive things uh, primarily, and when it comes to other artists, they're mainly rapping about the drugs and all that kind of stuff. Like, how are you working with other artists for features and things? I mean, I still talk, like, if you listen to a lot of my music, like, you know, I'm still in a lot of this environment, too, you know, where a lot of the stuff goes on, and I understand it. So it's like, uh, whenever... Whenever I'm, I could still talk my shit, you know, I could still hang, I still understand it, but you could talk your shit in a way where you're talking, you're, you're just talking real, you know what I mean? I could still talk about hustling, being being a boss, taking care of your people, mm-hmm. you know, you listen to Payroll Giovanni, he's, I tell people, you listen to Payroll, your net worth is going to grow by 15%, it's automatically, <laughs> you know? So, and, your credit score just went up. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, all you got to do, you know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to write about that type of stuff, you know, like payroll gets on a track with any one of these guys and he could still, he could still motivate you to do, you know, to go crazy, you know, and I'm very picky with who I, who I, you know, work with. So if it's not a person, like I got a feature with Courtney Bell, I'm not sure if you know who that is uh, from Detroit. He's one of Royce, the five nines artist, And, you know, he, he has a song with Icewear Vezo, but he's also a very conscious artist. And he's on a song with me where um, called hard, right. And where he's talking about street life and, you know, trying to survive through it and legends never die was basically the, per, you know, I made that hard right. I made that decision where I did everything that I could to make the right decision where I could have made the easy wrong, you know. And yeah. there's actually most of the stuff revolves around that, the drugs and all that. It's like it's I'm mentioning it in a way where I'm talking about the story where it's still in a way where it's educated. And it doesn't have to be positive, like as in like, you know pg but i still want it to be where it's like the message overall you could listen to it it's still got the 808 it's still hard it's still talking that shit but the overall message of it is a positive where it's like okay i'm motivated i learned something you know i heard us he told me a story about what's going on you know a street story but uh there was a mess a message about what to what not to do out of that you know yeah like i say payroll giovanni is very positive you know and he he, you feel me Mm -hmm. i'm sorry to cut you off Oh, no, I was definitely, I was just going to say, there's a big difference, I feel like, between educational and, um, and the word just, like, escaped me. <laughs> but, oh, I guess promoting something. And so it's mm-hmm. dope that you can be able to, like, you know, tell a story that um, shows the good, the bad, the ups, downs, for people to make their own choices versus, you know, music that's just promoting something that, like, is negative or less like, than ideal. Like this is lit. Like lean is lit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We turn it up. Yeah, like, like there's no payroll no calls. Them. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was saying like I forgot what a line was. Either payroll or J Cole could have said it. But basically, uh, like uh, you're a cu- like you're a customer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're you're a junkie. You know that's not that's mm-hmm. not cool to me. I'm not trying to be. What's cool to me is taking care of my family. You know what yeah. I mean? Is having you know. At the end of the day, I could have all the hoes that I want, but what's cool to me is having a, a loyal lady back home and you're being loyal to her, having some kids, having a family. That's mm-hmm. that's cool as hell to me because I've been around both, you know, and you being a bunch of fake people that are going to be here today, gone tomorrow. You guys are getting high. You guys look sloppy. You guys look 
you know, just I had a place. Like I'm good. That's yeah. not cool to me. I want to get some money and I want to just chill with my family. That's 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 cool to me. You know. No, I feel that. Um, I got to derail it though. So, because I wanted to ask you something earlier about. So you mentioned like not wanting to make music that was super preachy and stuff like that. And you also mentioned, you know, like you being a big fan of J. Cole. And that just made me think. And and you also mentioned, you know, how you don't want to promote drugs and stuff like that. So it made me think of J. Cole's album, K.O.D. Um, and so yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to that. get your. Yeah. And I just wanted to get your opinion on like, because some people might say that that album was very preachy where he was telling people, don't do drugs. Don't do this. Or you'll turn out album. this way. So, I mean. You I mean, don't. I don't, it doesn't have a lot of replay value in my opinion. Like I, I listen, I can, you could pick any song of J. Cole's discography and I'll probably write most of it by heart, you know, mm-hmm. but like that album, when it dropped, I remember when it first dropped, it was like, uh, I was having not really a drug problem, but I was smoking a lot more than I should be. So I was having, you know, kind of like, yeah, a substance abuse problem in a sense. But like I, mm-hmm. when it dropped, it's like the album overall was, was a little bit, could have been, he was trying to push a message. It wasn't bad, uh, but compared to his other albums, it's not as good. Uh, but I say overall, like that was a solid album. He went on tour. I went to the show when he came for the album. I can't lie, I cried when Love Yours <laughs> came on. But hey, there was like a bunch of, it was a stadium full, it was at Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. And I'm with my cousin and, that was, you know, the tour for it was crazy. And his songs like K.O.D., K- when K.O.D. came on, like this, the, the stadium felt like it was shaking. He was still I snapping up. He was still snapping on those verses. You know, there was still yeah, a lot yeah. of great songs on that uh, that album. But it doesn't have as much replay value as, you know, it was, a, it was hot for it. It's not a classic, you know. Uh, Why is that, though? Why do you feel like it don't have replay? Because it was a good message. Do you think it was just too yeah. preachy, like, like you yeah, were saying? Yeah, the, there still has to be a certain... Uh, you know, a certain feel to it. Cause you could have, you could talk about drugs and all that. It was a little bit too preachy in a sense, but it was still a great, a great piece of work overall. He was shitting you know? on all the young artists. He was going in, but they were, it's cause they were talking shit on him. Uh, they was <laughs> That's true. talking shit to him. Lil Pump. He was mainly talking to Lil Pump and he yeah. just, he called them out and he just put him in place. Like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been here longer than you. And everything that he said was true. And he was spitting. He was going off on that bitch. Where is Lil Pump today? Exactly. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> not, trying to right. hate, not trying to hate on a young boy, but like we, we ain't heard from him since. You know what I mean? And he said, I want He said, I want success for you. It was more him. Like It was kind of like a big brother coming to his little brother, putting yeah. his arm over his shoulder yeah. and be like, listen, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me give you some game. And he even did an interview with him right yeah. after, you know, to yeah. clear things off. And uh, Lil Pump was cool. And he talked y'all, about- Y'all think he was really like J. Cole really did that in Goodwill to Lil Pump? Yeah, yeah. 100%. If you no, listen to it, no, he, that was. Bro, did you listen to it? <laughs> like this, like I can. He was, he of course he was being nice, but that was that was fake love. You yeah, he don't what? really like. He don't really like no little punk. I think all that was fake, and nah, he really, because he don't he don't like none of that kind of music. No, because he talks about he talked about it in an interview. I'm similar to in the sense of like. When that kind of music comes on, I'll enjoy it. You know, if it comes on the radio, I'll dance to it. You know, I I enjoy you know good music, but it's not something that I'm gonna have in my playlist and listen to daily. That's what he said, and I felt that you know when he said that. Mm-hmm. But when I when I heard him talking to Lil Pump, I was just thinking like, you know, he was asking him some real questions. Or when he mentioned Kodak in that one song, uh, just left the crib with Young Kodak. He reminded me of you know, niggas from Ville. Straight at the project, no hate, yeah. just honest. I wish he had more guidance. Middle child, us. oh yeah, 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 middle child, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. he just wanted to school him and give him some guidance that he feels like he didn't have, and that's how it felt. And Lil Pump was more like, bro, like 
you're not my I don't know you like that you know I'm not really gonna talk to you too much but mm-hmm. I feel like it was still was them you know kind of squashing or showing that nothing you know is going on because when they're talking about you know fuck J. Cole fuck J. Cole so he made a song saying that hey. he could have turned him to martyr he could have killed he could have had him smoked if he wanted to mm-hmm. but he's like he don't want to be another reason for another sad song yeah. I was like that's, that's, that's a bar no, yeah. yeah, I do think it was really just from an honest place. Like you could tell by by the interview, just how he was talking to him, because he wasn't trying to be like he was. He was still pushing back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? J Cole was definitely pushing back, so it was like, I think he was really trying to help the young boy. Yeah. Um, but now, to answer your question, sorry, uh-huh. uh, I get I get a lot of comparisons to Kendrick Lamar, who you know influenced a decent amount of my music, and I'd say, mm-hmm. for example, he has a lot of preaching music. You know, where you would say it's preachy, but they're classics like uh, yeah. Good Kid, Mad City, you know, uh, How to Pimp a Butterfly. And then even his last album, I think, did it win uh, album of the year? I think that should have been album uh, of the year. Did it win? I don't uh, know. It did win one of the Grammys. I forgot which one. I'm pretty sure it won rapper, rap album of the year. Yeah, probably rap album of the year. But that was, that was a beautiful, you know, that was a beautiful album all the way through, like, crazy like I, I don't mind that he took three years for that that was that was on replay for a couple weeks for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm still and, uh, playing that's a that classic i played that message. today yeah yeah crazy crazy album now i mean i don't know about kendrick being preachy though because i think what, what kendrick do he'll tell a story like he'll make you not want to do it but he yeah. don't say don't do it yeah 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 you i know feel what you mean? like kod yeah. was like don't do this or you're gonna he'll still them. talk about like pounding yeah. like some pussy or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still gotta, like you still gotta homies. make it saucy. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. It's not dumbing it down, but it's like you gotta make it. Yeah, like you gotta do a little something with it. It's yeah. just having like a little swag to it, and I just feel like Cole just don't got that. Like he's always yeah, kind of right, trying to search <laughs> for the know. woman and cry for him. Someone <laughs> fold their clothes. <laughs> But, nah, he has a song called What do you mean he's saying Don't save her She don't want to be saved so that's Don't save her biggest song J. Cole's whole al- whole career Is him talking about Smashing hoes That's true And then he made one song About folding clothes Yeah, and yeah he never got it. to live it down Yeah <laughs> And that song was Loki a banger I had that bitch on blast It was I, I folded clothes for you I'll make you feel good <laughs> <laughs> All right, just to wrap up this J. Cole, I was wondering, um, like years ago he did the Dollar in a Dream tour. I was wondering if you mm. if you caught that. Um I heard about it. Yeah, I really wanted to go because he was really charging like a dollar. He know. needs to run that back. Yeah. He should. I mean he, he's, he's too, too big, big to do that. Yeah, yeah he's way too big. Um Remind okay. me of La Russell. Yeah, he did this stuff in his backyard. So like, you know, that was really him getting it out the mud. Um now I kind of I kind of want to bring up one more thing, um, and then we can you know get this wrapped up and stuff like that. So, you know, I just wanted to you know I saw something I was going through your videos. I think I was watching No No, um, mm. which came out I think October of last year. Go check that, that out, people, if song. you haven't. Yeah, yeah I definitely fuck with it. that No No. Um, but I noticed a comment that was on there, uh, and I kind of wanted just to read it and see what your like what your mindset is, you know, behind, you know, responding to haters and stuff. So dude said, I'm a fan, but this song just don't hit the energy as mm. you say they want me to be. I don't can this motherfucker write? I don't know if he can write. Hold on. I know. <laughs> so he said basically don't uh the it don't hit. Um want you to be quiet is a whisper and the dumb it down stuff. I like your music. Basically he was saying he you know, like you dumbing it down, you know, it just didn't hit. You just said it's all good. You're not gonna like every song I like. Uh, to try different things. And that way, I don't stay in the box creatively. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to see, like, what's your mindset behind, you know, different haters or people that naysay? Like, cause that's an interesting response that you put out there. Like, you could have just been like, get the fuck off my song, you know? Yeah. But what made you want to want to respond in that way? Uh, I mean, I I actually have a line in uh, the second song of my last, uh, the third seasonal. I said, uh, mm-hmm. need need some new haters, my old ones believers, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm not tripping. I used to, I when I first started recording, like I developed social, when I started dropping music, I developed social anxiety because of how, like, I felt like every time I went out, everyone knew who I was in the city. So mm-hmm. every time I went out, I was kind of like a celebrity and I wasn't used to that type of attention, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was also a lot of haters and a lot of people saying, nah, he whack. He, he's, he's not doing nothing. Or, I don't like his music. And it's like, in the beginning, it's like, man, they don't like my music. I got to change it up. I got to do whatever. But and then I realized like, I'm dope as fuck. If you don't like my music, then music is subjective. If you don't like it, it's not your style. It's cool. Like mm-hmm. people don't like, just like how he was saying, he, he don't think J. Cole got that swag. J. Cole's still selling not arena so it doesn't matter if you like a swag or not no it's you just know? a lot of and niggas it, like him yeah you know what i mean and then you know a lot of that's, still niggas. Like him. that's not me yeah it's, not, it's cool it's cool that's and it's difference. like the same thing like i love little baby for example right uh-huh. someone there's a girl that i was talking music with someone she's like yeah i don't like little baby i don't like his voice and i don't like his style so mm-hmm. it's like everyone has their own taste and then yeah. sometimes people don't even be like with that comment specifically i think he was more talking about because i say uh uh they 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 want me to dumb it down that's a no no you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. uh and i just realized that um he, he he was saying that i don't think your music is that sophisticated where i need to dumb it down but more of my earlier work a lot of my earlier work was really like i was going i was using a lot more bigger words and i was more storytelling and there was i had people come up to me and be like i love your music but man you just say some words i don't even know what it means and i was like i'm not i was like first i'm not even using big words i'm not even you guys are making me sound smarter than i am these songs ain't even as deep as you're making it but a lot of people did say you know bro you pre you talking too much or you you saying like you you preaching too much or this, you know, just dumb it down. Talk of you need a song that's just gonna go on the radio or something that's just gonna blow up real quick. And I'm like, that's not how it works. And that's not even how I wanna do it. I wanna build something, I wanna build a foundation. Uh, I want this to last forever. You know, I'm not trying to be a hot artist for five minutes. I wanna have mm-hmm. a 20, 30 year career, you know, I'm trying to retire yeah. my family off this. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, so so did you do you feel like you ever dumbed it or did you find a way to make it more digestible to people? And yeah. like what was that like? It was one I had to really figure out my sound because I, I wasn't. It wasn't even that I was like too sophisticated. It was more like I was doing a lot of that Eminem flow, or a lot of mm-hmm. like uh, older flows, you know. And the music was changing. Like twenty seventeen to right now, the music's completely different. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. You got it. It was really develop changing, and I was kind of getting stuck in that older way, you know. Because I, I, I like I, I like older music in a sense, you know, a little bit. Like like I said, I came up on. Tupac and Eminem so mm-hmm. I still had kind of like an older style flow so I had to develop that and really uh, change that and really just create my own sound create something where it's like it's still fire I want to be able because as I get after I drop an album or any song I listen to it a couple of times I can't even listen to it as much because it's like okay that's already old what's next you know what's mm-hmm. new what am I about to do I want to so I, I kind of want to go into like uh, you're creating the sound how mm-hmm. are you evolving the sound and where are you trying to push it to? Uh, shout out, like I said, Anton. Anton's my main producer. He comes to a lot of the stuff he produced, but uh, I have a couple of different producers. They send me beats and then I, I send them ideas. I like having different samples. And I really just, I have that, uh, the more I develop, it's like I, 
I want to have uh, a little bit of versatility where like I have really hard banging beats like drums knocking and you know high energy but I also want to be able you know I have a song called Take a Tale of My Revenge where the music video is me just walking through the beach driving cruising like very you know chill vibes where you could just cruise and listen to where there's not even that many drums where you just soothing and just kind of vibe and you don't even notice you know the music's there it's like kind of like soul candy you know mm-hmm. soul food in a sense you know yeah. so it's like i want to really develop it into just the best most authentic version of it you know and just having different sounds trying stuff that no one else has done using different type of samples you know and Anton just crazy with the beats. Like we're already a few songs into the summer album, uh, and so, just stuff that I've never I've never heard before. You know, the I want summer to do album. stuff. You know, what, what's the yeah. uh, beats kind of sounding like? More uh, upbeat, like dance or party or like gym music or a little bit of around, gym music, like... a little bit of uh, it's. it's we ain't heard be, it. Uh, yeah, you ain't heard it yet. This is this is all. Uh, I actually performed one of the songs when I performed with Snapdog. Uh, it's called uh, Me and My Dogs. That one's like an Italian style. It's like the Ooh. beat was called Italy and Detroit, you know? So it's mm. like. Okay. It's yeah. Insane. Snapdog insane. Hard. Yeah, Snapdog goes crazy. You know, shout out him yeah. for bringing me out. Uh, he let me, you know, perform and the crowd went insane. That's the only time I ever teased the song. You know, I just performed it one time and I was going to put it on my last album, but I was like, no, nah, I need to save it for the summer, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then I have a couple other songs. I really want to make this my most. Uh, most full album because i feel like my last three were really targeted into one kind of like one side either one was really dark one was full of healing and very kind of like you know uh spiritual and this last one was more batman gotham city vibes Mm -hmm. this next one i wanted to be a full you know give you a mix of all three give you some songs Mm -hmm. where you can listen to and cruise and really get into that introspective feel and then at the same time put another song and want to run through a wall you know so i want to really make it uh well versed how many tracks you about to give them? Or ask I don't know them. you yet. don't got to give us that number. I don't know yet. So that's usually between like 7 and 12. That's usually 12. where I try to keep it for the albums. That's uh, a sweet spot? I might, yeah, it's a sweet spot. And I, I also have like, I have enough songs right now. I also want to put out a project right now, but I, I don't want to f- over flood the music. You know, the music I got, uh, I've been working on these songs for the last year. It's a project, what was it? I was thinking of calling it hammock music or something like that. You know, <laughs> just Relaxing. some vibe. Yeah, just some vibes, kind of like, it's not a big album, I'm going to push it, more like an EP, you know, something, you know, just for the fans, you know, whoever yeah. whoever needs this. But I also want to make sure I do it right, because every song is like, you know, it's it's a, it's a project, it's an item, it's, you know, you want to give it its due diligence, its time, its respect, and really p- push it out there right, mm-hmm. uh, so that it gets its fair share, because in my head, every song is the one, you know, so I want to make sure I take care of each one, those are my babies. Do you have an idea of when the summer project's coming out? I want to say my birthday, but I don't know. I got a lot of things. I still, I'm still promoting this last project, yeah. and it was it's such a great piece of work. We just passed, uh, I think, two hundred thousand overall on all platforms. But we just Amazing. passed a hundred thousand on Spotify. Shout I appreciate out. that, you know, and uh, probably close to on uh, on YouTube too. So we could be close to three hundred thousand even. I haven't really done all the estimated numbers. So I really want to push it. There's a lot of great songs. Who Wants to Be King is has been doing, uh, been catching some al- algorithms. So I want to make sure I, you know, maximize it before yeah. I move on to a whole nother, you know, album. I might just give out this little five piece, you know. Uh, you made you a know, video? Song, you know, for Who Wants to Be King? No. So that one, 
I'm trying to go to Hawaii or do something crazy Ooh. for us. So I got to make sure. I, I want to plan it really perfect, you know. I like to travel I, a lot. I was going to say, that was one thing I definitely picked up in your videos was like lots of different scenery. And it was funny because we were having a hard time figuring out where you were based because I didn't even see videos that looked like they were shot around here. I saw videos with like palm trees and sand mm -hmm. and yeah, mm -hmm. it looks like you get around a lot. Yeah, I try. Like, I love to travel. That was always my dream. I want to work somewhere where I could travel or I want to do something where I could travel. Uh, and it's like, I'll just, especially during Corona when everyone was getting money, you know, I, I've always been a hustler, so I've always had money. But especially during the Corona, that period of time where they're giving us extra money, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to find places we always want to travel. And we're going to go shoot music videos there. And then we'll just chill after we're done, you know? Mm -hmm. So nice. uh, shout out the squad for always coming through, you know, and helping me, you know, it makes things cheaper too when your friends come, you know? So even if they're not working, they're still enjoying their vacation and they like working and being productive. So they didn't mind. What yeah, was the, I brought my team with them. What was the best place you shot at so far? Man, Arizona. That's uh, that's where my guy Bubs is. Uh, my video, uh, not my videographer, my editor. He does all my visuals, my cover arts, everything like that. So shout out Chef Bub. But he's out of uh, he live he's from Minnesota, but he lives in AZ. And every time we've gone to AZ, we made an amazing music video. We have z zero misses in AZ. But I like Cali too. Cali was really beautiful. Uh, yeah, Kelly and AZ were my favorite two places to go shoot some uh, shoot videos. I'm an Arizona fan myself. That's why I was like, I'm like, this looks familiar. I recognize those mm. red rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mars over there. Oh, yeah. that we, we shot tap in over there, and I was trying to get a Lamborghini. I was trying to rent or just something, you know, something exotic while we were out there. And they wouldn't let me because I'm under 25, so I couldn't get no cars. They wouldn't. They barely let me get the Tahoe rental that they don't let me get anymore. Uh, I don't know how I played the system the first couple of times I started traveling. They they gave it to me. On, I don't know what they're thinking. Well, I, I take care of all my cars. But anyway, uh, they wouldn't let me get a Lambo or a Corvette or anything. So then we ended up getting a slingshot. But it, was, it wasn't like mm. a typical slingshot that everyone gets. It looks like some rocket ship. It's like all white. And we just had a drone. We started doing some crazy visuals. And... All you need is, you know, I realize my favorite music videos are the ones where we're not doing too, too much, but, you know, it's just very great visuals, very cinematic. You know, I love movies, so I, I like catching those cinematic scenes. And yeah. uh, that's something, you know, I, I just love traveling to make sure the videos are perfect. So that's where I got a couple, I got a couple crazy ideas for this next music video, but, you know, being, I'm independent and I've always funded everything myself. So it's all about time and making sure the finances are correct before we go shoot and making sure everything is uh, on point. Most definitely. Well, listen, seasonal book three uh, embodiment is out right now. Go tap in with that and book mm -hmm. two and book one. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, all his videos are on YouTube. So thank you so much, Issa Mighty, for, you know, coming yeah. through, man. We him appreciate him you for coming. To, uh, appreciate you guys. Highlight anything he want to highlight, his socials, oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just check out check out book three embodiment that's uh if you want to listen to him i'd recommend listen to him backwards three two to one just mm -hmm. because you get to really experience you know the process uh and understanding how far we've come you have to know how far we've came to see understand how you know far we came yeah and it's like uh yeah just go through that isa mighty on all platforms isa is spelled e-s-a uh mighty m-i-g-h-t-y i'm actually wearing one of the shirts that i've been making uh you can't rush greatness and then, uh, so that's the brand. I'm actually, I make them right out of my room. So I have like five orders that I oh, got to nice. finish up. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you go to isamighty.com, get you a shirt, get you a song, copy the album, whatever you like. Isamighty.com. Um, yep.
Man, I appreciate that, man. So, yeah, we're going to post everything Easter Mighty related, you know, his website, his YouTube, all that stuff in the description box. But if you made it this far, man, we appreciate you for joining us on The Friends Podcast, man. We Waiting out? on Peace that out. summer album for sure. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Peace. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs>